you're listening to the Televisionary Minisode. In this episode, Cody and I talk about two of our favorite TV shows that just might become your next TV binge. Hello. Hello. And welcome to the Televisionary Minisode of the Week. We are so excited to be coming to you from Elena's Closet. That's right. We are closer than ever before with maybe two and a half to three feet in between us right now. Yes, we're trying a little bit different of an approach to our recording. I am still visiting Elena in Texas right now, so we are trying to record some different ways just to see how our rhythm changes, how fun we can make this, how our energy pumps up. Oh wow, as Cody's saying this, he's like kind of bouncing his torso up and down, maybe gyrating his head and neck a little. His shoulders are shimmying almost. I don't know if I would call it a shimmy. I would call it a chamois. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I I think whatever it is, it I'm jealous that I can't see it because there is a mirror across from me, but your head is in the way, so I can't I'm see sorry. myself. So you're saying you want me to remove my own head? That would be nice. <laughs> if I, you could for me, please. I don't know if I could still podcast without a head. What if your head still worked and you could just remove it, like, you know, ghost in the movies oh, style? Almost. What if my neck had hinges on it? That would be cool. And I could just hinge it back and forward. Ooh. I would like that. Yeah, I could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I always like to start by asking a weird question. Uh-huh. And this is something, so I've been bringing this up with a lot of people lately, and they look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm hoping that you understand. Mm-hmm. So I prefer watching TV on my laptop. Okay. I don't enjoy watching TV on a traditional television screen almost ever. And I also don't mind watching on my phone, but I would say my preferred way to watch TV is on my laptop. I like something about it not being, it's close to me, it feels very intimate, and I feel very like connected to the stories because of the physical proximity, I think. And mm. sometimes like if I watch in the living room across the room from a TV, it's harder for me to feel as in as in it, even though the screen is much bigger. We have a pretty big TV. But how do you prefer to watch TV? I generally prefer to watch on my big television in the living room. It's not as big as yours, by the way, but it's an appropriate size for one person who's sitting six feet away from it. But I do watch a lot of TV like on my Kindle and this is not a promotion for Amazon, by the way. I just happen to own a Kindle. I will like watch it whenever I'm doing dishes or like brushing my teeth, stuff like that, where I can like, if I'm watching a show in the living room and I want to get up and do the dishes, I can just pause it on the TV, pick up my Kindle and start watching it and carry it with me into the kitchen and like do dishes while I continue watching. And then when I'm done with the dishes and I can come back to the living room, I'll just, you know, turn off the Kindle and put it back on the TV. Hmm. So I do enjoy the portability that a smaller device allows me because then I can still, you know, not have as much of an interruption in the show if I want to do something, you know, part of the way through watching a show. But I still prefer that bigger, more immersive experience, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just, ever since I've gotten a laptop, that's just been my favorite way to watch. Hmm. But people find it very weird. I can't say I know anyone else who, well, I'm, I'm not talked to anyone else at least. You need to start who, asking people. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I, I, you're the only person that I know of who <laughs> only wants to watch on a laptop, I guess. Wow. All right. Well, I don't know so, if that makes me feel better or worse. I guess you're just a weirdy McWeirdo. I guess. I do like to feel unique, though. Mm-hmm. Well, would you like to talk about some unique TV shows today? I would love to. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I'm excited to hear what you have to say, too. <laughs> we have that in common. Oh, my gosh. It's wow. so good that we do this, because it's really just us listening to each other. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to go... Want to go first oh, oh my, my gosh <laughs> we are so in sync it's i think it's the closet i'm telling Probably. you there's something magical about doing things in the closet uh-huh i mean i understand why r kelly spent so much time in here he probably should go back inside the closet and maybe not come out for a little probably. while and I the think. closet should be barred yeah. and surrounded by guards exactly and it should be a jail yeah jail is kind of like a closet well, sort of. Yeah. I mean, a lot more uniform clothes in jail. That's true. Than you would find in a closet. That's true. And maybe more bugs, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But yes, I would love to hear what you have to say. I think you should go first, because I went first last time. Okay, if you insist. Are you sure? I guess. Okay, well, good. <laughs> so the show that I am talking about today is one that probably no one listening has heard of, but it is a show that I have told you about, Elena, and... I just love this show for some reason. It does not seem like the kind of show that I would typically go for. Is it Happy Endings? No. Oh. But thanks for ruining that for another episode. <laughs> no, this is a show that is about to, as, a, as of this recording, is about to release its second season on HBO. And it has gotten very little attention. And oh. I don't understand why, because it's just a nice good show. It is called Betty. I love this show. Yeah, and I'm the one who introduced you to it. You did. So, you're welcome. So, for those of you who don't know, which, like I said, is probably every single one of you, Betty is a show about a group of young female skateboarders in New York City just living life, getting high sometimes, both on their boards and on drugs. <laughs> and they're just figuring things out. It was based on a 2018 movie called Skate Kitchen, which was written and directed by Crystal Mozell, who then created the series. And most of the cast of that movie are in the series as well and playing roles that are either exactly the same or very similar to the characters they play in the film. And one of the things I like about Betty is that it does touch on a lot of, you know, fairly serious topics, but it never gets too heavy-handed with anything. There are episodes and storylines that revolve around sexual misconduct and uh, the differences in police treatment of white people and people of color, but then there's also these light-hearted stories that are much kind of sillier and a little more frivolous, but it's, it's not like a a straightforward sitcom. Like, it really, it's a comedy, but it's not trying to make jokes, which, I don't know, is a little different than the sort of style of comedy I typically go for, but I like that. It just is a lighthearted and 
sort of quiet and tranquil kind of show. I think that's a really good way to describe it. Uh, quiet and tranquil, very true to life as well. Mm -hmm. I think there are definitely moments in the show, not to like take over because I know this is yours, but mm -hmm. there are moments in the show where I'm watching and I can feel what the characters are going through so much because it just feels like a situation that I'm, I'm specifically thinking of a, a character goes over to like a guy's house for the first time and it's like just the awkwardness <laughs> you can feel it and I don't know if some of that has to do with aren't a lot of the actors not really actors I guess right yeah a lot of them I think were just sort of recruited for this movie because they were skateboarders because they were really cool to watch doing their skating and tricks and everything and th that's one of the things that I like about the show too is the cast is just kind of being themselves I think a lot of their characters are very similar to the people that they are in real life or so it seems at least as far as I can tell and it just feels like kind of natural and organic like you really just are watching the lives of these young people you know, as they grow and change. It's a nice little coming-of-age story, but I think it's one that anyone can appreciate, not just, you know, skateboarders in New York City. Yeah. And I, one of the things, too, that I wanted to mention, there are, like, parts of New York, I think, that are not shown very often in media. Mm -hmm. And this show does a good job of representing the real New York City. You know, the real experiences of the people who live there. I think of like some of the characters even too are not people that you typically would see on TV. There are some characters that have like really bad acne or one character I can think of that has like a really big birthmark on his face. And it's like, well, yeah, those people exist and they're good at skateboarding and, you know, the main characters can be friends with them and be in their orbit, but that's not the kind of thing that is typically shown on television, you know, and which is not right. <laughs> you know, you should not say, oh, that person with the terrible acne should not be allowed to be on TV. And I like that this show just, you know, kind of shows people as they really are and promotes the idea of everyone having a place and belonging in this world. And that's really representative of the real New York City and of real life in general. Yeah, I think another thing that what you just said made me think of, that was like the dumbest sentence I've ever said out loud, but <laughs> um, so I've been really hesitant this entire pandemic about shows portraying quarantine in the time of COVID. Like, just the idea of sitting down and watching a TV show where people are wearing masks sounds awful to me. <laughs> but I watched the trailer for the second season of Betty, and a lot of the characters are in masks because it's clear that they shot, like, during COVID, probably to capitalize on whatever sort of momentum the show did have, even though I'm sh it was not very widespread. <laughs> it was enough to get a second season, at least. Right. But it is clearly uh, not an expensive show to produce. Right. You know, the cast is not in demand, necessarily. <laughs> and it's shot in a very kind of simplistic style. You know, there are long montages of just people skateboarding <laughs> or just right. someone eating an ice cream cone, things like that. But it's, I don't know why I'm so captivated by it's that kind of thing. Yeah, it really is beautifully shot. But I think any other show, I would be so 
put off by the masks and seeing people go through it. But I think because Betty is just so true to reality in a lot of ways, it didn't feel off-putting to me. It felt fine. Like, I, I don't know if I'll feel differently once I'm watching it, if I'll feel like I'm not able to enjoy it as much. But I think just knowing the characters and how they are just very much real people in a lot of ways, I think it's going to be fine. And I think I'm going to enjoy watching it. And I'm sure the way in which they deal with COVID and the mask situation is going to be funnier and more lighthearted than, you know, some other shows would do it. I don't know. I don't know why it feels so different to me, but I just wasn't bothered by it. Mm -hmm. But I think watching, you know, can you imagine like a whole season of like Grey's Anatomy where they do it? I mean, I guess they're in a hospital or like the Friends, if they rebooted Friends or whatever and everyone <laughs> was in masks, it would just be like, no one would want to see that. Mm -hmm. But I think with Betty, it just feels more fine because the show is so much a slice of life. Right. I agree with that. I'm not bothered by the fact that they will be using masks. And yeah, I, I feel like for them not to would be sort of a betrayal maybe of that reality of that realistic feeling that they are going for with everything i did want to point out too if you're confused by the name of the show just betty there's no character named betty on the show betty is a term that is used to refer to female skateboarders and that's one of the things too that i think is especially interesting about this show is you don't really see female skateboarders too often and if you do they're usually very you know, stereotypical butch kind of <laughs> people, I feel. And there it's such a diverse cast. Like there are people who are, you know, lesbian or bisexual at any place within the LGBTQ plus spectrum. But, you know, there are more feminine characters. And it's not, you know, fair to characterize everyone who might be interested in skateboarding as being someone who is on I don't know more of the fringes of a society. Like, these are people who are, you know, living their full lives and just happen to enjoy this hobby and find it to be a cool thing. So I really appreciate that the show does that and, you know, tries to break through those stereotypes a little bit and yeah. those expectations for women without ever seeming like that's what it's trying to do. Yeah, and I, we've mentioned this with other shows, but just sometimes just showing something and not making the conversation about it is almost the best way to challenge or change stereotypes or beliefs mm -hmm. about something. Totally. Well, I have a very different show okay. <laughs> than you to talk about, but I would also guess that not very many people listening have watched or heard of the show that I'm going to talk about. So my show was on the air quite a while ago now. It is a show called Dollhouse. Okay. It ran on Fox. I actually don't have the date written down, but it's a show that was created by Joss Whedon, who now is a controversial figure, but I still enjoy all, like all of his work. So <laughs> that's a discussion for a different day. But he's known for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and 
Firefly are probably his two biggest TV shows, and he's gone on to do some other stuff, but that's what's relevant to this conversation today. And a lot of people, I would say, know more about Firefly. I think it's definitely more popular than Dollhouse, but there are a lot of similarities, and why I want to talk about it is because I think it is a great example of a TV show that is really strong in its concept that maybe was not executed as well as it could have been and also was maybe in the same way Firefly was ruined a bit by the network that it aired on. So for those of you listening who've never heard of Dollhouse, it is, I think, a fascinating concept. So basically it's set in the real world, but there are these dollhouses. It's... (laughs) Oh my god, I'm doing such a bad job. (laughs) Okay, so it's like a secret organization, and there's several of them throughout the world. They're businesses, corporations, where people are contracted to come in and basically wipe their consciousness out of their brain for a few years. And during that time, they exist in sort of this almost like childlike state. They don't remember any of their memories before they got to the dollhouse, and when they're not out on assignment, they're just sort of living and getting massages and working out and like leading this like really peaceful existence within the dollhouse, which is the building that they live in, the basis of the organization. But, you know, several times a week or depending on how high in demand they are, they are imprinted with fake personalities. And of course, these can range from like all sorts of things. So sometimes they're contracted for sex work and they're printed with like dominatrix brain, but sometimes they're contracted to be assassins or even to like come in and do sort of negotiations or police work or anything. It could be whatever. And it's so cool to me because even though these characters are playing different people from week to week, you still start to really care about them. And the whole world around them is fascinating. So in addition to the dolls, there are all sorts of other people who are their normal selves working in the dollhouse. So there's like the director of the facility who deals with like the master corporation that owns all of the dollhouses all over the world. There is Topher. He is the guy who does the science. He created the technology that allows dolls to exist. He is the one that knows how to wipe their minds and build the personalities for them. He's my favorite character. I think he's super funny, just this like really nerdy kind of intense guy. And there's a really heartwarming episode where he gets like for his birthday once a year, he gets to create a friend for himself out of one of the dolls. It's really sad, but so sweet. And then each of the dolls is assigned a handler who basically goes with them out on assignment. And these are often like ex-law enforcement people or people with like specialized military training just to like make sure things are running smoothly. But as the series goes on, some of the dolls begin to recover memories of their life before they were there. So the things that were supposed to be wiped from their mind start coming back to them. And it's really scary because they're essentially in this state of nothingness. And there's the handler, he starts to piece all this information together about the dollhouse and crime and like all of the corruptness of the organization and he eventually leaves. So it's a cool concept, I think. I think it's really interesting. I think it's fun to think about and it's a good mix of kind of monster of the week episodes where they're going out on assignment and then you start to 
see the thread of maybe this overarching thing that you're going to get into. But Fox really screwed the pooch with this one in this in a similar way that they did to Firefly. They ordered a pilot and then they never aired the original pilot, but they counted that as like one of the episodes of the 13 series order. They aired some things out of order. Just weirdness, moved the time slot, didn't air it during sweeps week. So like any potential sort of fan base, I think that this could have amassed, it was just squandered. Like the chance to get that fan base was squandered because the episodes were not really presented in like a clear and accessible way. It ended up getting only two seasons, but the finale of each season is set 20 years in the future, which actually would have been, I don't know if 20 years in the future, it's set in 2020, which now has already happened. But in the span of the series, it's in the future. And so this doll technology, the technology to wipe people's personalities has spread throughout the world. And basically everyone has been wiped by the elite, like kind of ruling class, the people who have the money to do it. And those people sometimes preserve their own life by re-imprinting themselves into other people's bodies. And it's really cool. And those, it's the finale of each season. Those episodes went on to, I think, be nominated for some sci-fi awards, maybe even an Emmy award, but don't quote me on that. But it's really interesting to see this world that got built and it makes me so sad every time I think about it because like it is so flawed. It's not perfect, but I just still like the idea so much and I have watched the series multiple times and I just wish it could have aired on a different network or I wish it could have been created today because I think it would be done probably better now just because TV's changed a lot. It sucks that it was on Fox. I feel like Fox just is not the right network for it and it's like thinking about it and even just explaining it right now, thinking about that show airing on Fox seems so strange and out of place to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, did any of that make sense? I mean, it made sense to me. I <laughs> did used to watch the show, though. So oh, you did? Yeah, I did. And I, I agree it wasn't, like, the greatest thing I'd ever seen, but that probably does have a lot to do with the fact that Fox was trying to make it Fail. into something that it didn't need to be, right? I, I think it was um, a lot like Fringe, which mm. was another show that I think on... Like, if it had been made today and been on a streaming network and just sort of had a little more autonomy to be its own weird self without the network trying to force it into this mainstream idea of what a broadcast sci-fi show is supposed to be, then it would have been a lot more successful. But broadcast is always trying to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you sort of sacrifice a lot of the creativity, a lot of the originality uh, that these creators want to imbue in their shows. And it's unfortunate that, you know, a lot of shows that could be really great if they were allowed to go to the fullest extent of the ideas that they're trying to present, that they just end up being a shell of what is possible or end up failing and not ever collecting an audience that really appreciates what it's trying to be. So I just wish that shows like that could have like a second life today just to see what they could be. But I feel the same way about Firefly, which I think mm. is a show that we may at some point talk about in a full length episode because I think that there's a lot more to say. And I think that that show has changed the way fans interact with TV in a much bigger way than something like Dollhouse. But mm -hmm. both of them are really good examples of just shows that never really got a chance to be what they could have been. And as I was talking about it, it 
Dollhouse has always really reminded me of Westworld. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's a kind of a similar concept. Yeah, it is. I just, like... Tend to try to forget about Westworld because it makes me so mad that that show went off the rails so fast. I know but, there's no reason for it. Uh, but um, yeah, I think Dollhouse is definitely a a precursor to Westworld. Mm-hmm. But it would be interesting to see because I feel like if Dollhouse were made today, it could do things right. Whereas I think so Westworld too. <laughs> just started out seeming like it was going to do a lot of things right and quickly just made everything go wrong. Dollhouse is also not to just drag on about it, but I think I don't want to sound like a creep in saying this, but I think it is a show that would have been better if it was on a network where you could up like the Annie a little bit with like nudity and sex. Mm. Not that that's like necessary to enjoy or watch a show, but I just with the whole concept of like the dolls. Right. And there's certainly a little bit about it, but, you know, Mm -hmm. it's on Fox, so you can only go so far. Right. And there was a really great plot line about one of the handlers who was, like, taking advantage of a doll because they are essentially, like, can't really do anything. They're just, like, this body. Mm -hmm. But it's still abuse. So I feel like topics like that would be so much more developed and explored today. And I don't know. I... I don't want to just see these dolls go out on assignment for, like, sex stuff, but, like... Sure you don't. <laughs> if any show... it If there was any show where it made sense for that to happen, I feel like Dollhouse, it would have made sense. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's what I had to say. I don't know if any of that made sense, but we'll cut it together. It'll be I, fine. I really do feel like it made sense. I think you did as good a job explaining it as one can. <laughs> To someone who has not seen any of the show and is not familiar with it, because it is a a fairly elaborate concept. It really is, and only 13 episodes per season, I think, Mm -hmm. which it's kind of crazy when I take a step back and look at all that they did in that short amount of time. Right. But still more concisely than Westworld. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, anyway, we hope that you have enjoyed listening to our mini-sode today, and maybe you've found a new show that you can explore. Maybe. That would be nice. Definitely go check them out. Yes. I think they're both good. I think they are. And not a big commitment. No, Betty, the first season, is only six episodes, half-hour episodes, so that you can knock out in an afternoon. Second season, I don't know how many episodes there will be, but probably about the same, but I would love some more. All right, well, we're going to get out of this closet because it's getting a little warm. It sure is. All this hot air. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you for listening. Yes, thank you. And we will see, I mean, not see you, but we hope that you will listen to us next time. <laughs> yes. Follow us on Instagram, at uh-huh. Podcast, and feel free to reach out if you have any feedback about anything or just want to talk TV. Yeah, we love talking. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye.